Thank you for tuning in to The Revolving Room. My name is Nicole. Today I am joined by my amazing friend Brianna. Um, We are going to talk about authenticity and how we show up in our authentic selves. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, And if you do, give it a like or follow it on Spotify. Um, and feel free to follow me if you'd like on the at the revolving room on Instagram. And if you have any, um, things you would like me to cover in this podcast in future, feel free to provide that feedback to me via Instagram. Um, just message me. But anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a bit silly. It's a bit, um, it's a bit of like a, just a a free flowing, uh, conversation. Um, but yeah, just enjoy the episode. And, uh, I look forward to chatting with you guys. If you, if you, if you'd like. It's, it's funny. Like there's so many things, like one of them being, uh, authenticity, right? Like today I had a conversation with a friend. Yeah. I had a conversation with a friend um, about my struggles with social media and how, you know, um, I get wrapped up in the commodification of, of what I call being, right? It's just like to be this is more valuable. To be that is more attractive. And uh, it just repels me that I have to, I don't have to, right? I can totally exist off of social media, but how, you know, intentional I'm trying to be in my, in everyday life. And the pull, the pull on social media is to create to, for, for people to consume. And I don't know that that's a way that I can be very intentional. Like, I think it's a way that I'm pulled out of my authentic moments, you know? And it reminds me of another conversation with another friend I had, like, um, and, we had talked about this idea of loving yourself in public and what that looks like to actually let people see your version of love, right? Or my version of love. And I just think that's a really interesting way to try to be in the world, you know, when everything seems to be like, hey, assimilate or hey, uh, fall in line or hey, you know, uh, look like, sound like, be like, care about, do like, what's hitting, what's popping, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I don't know, that resounded very, it's been resounding through my day, you know, just like echoing, yeah. you know? I feel that, you know, it is so crazy that you said that because I literally had a conversation last night, like after work with one of my coworkers and um, we were talking about this podcast um, and she was like, oh, like you are a super genuine and authentic person. So I think it would be really cool for you to do an episode on authenticity. And <laughs> <laughs> um, when you said that, I was like, Lord. universe, Lord, Lord. universe, I hear you. I Ready? hear what you're saying. <laughs> I receive. Cool, cool, cool. That's um, so funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that um, works? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. So for everyone who is essentially listening after this is recorded, whatever, 
Um, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about. Um, and we had a few different subjects, um, but we just decided to go with where what we're feeling and all this sort of stuff and mm-hmm. kind of steer it in a natural direction. So like we ended that. up with authenticity. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's so big. And I think as well, um, even with uh, today, I uploaded that goofy video of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that was just like, because I'm so anti-social media, like I actually don't like social media. I think it it has um, the ability to bring people outside of their authenticity and encourage um, people to not be as authentic. Right. It, but um, is, is it so, encouraging people or it, like, is it the, the vehicle or is it the thing actually like, what is it? It's like the chicken, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Right. It's like, mm, you know, yeah. did we just find a way to funnel this thing we already felt inside yeah. of us? You know, um, yeah. I don't I know. I think there's always naturally a in society. There's naturally a, um, a gear shift towards like creating some sort of like avatar of yourself. Um, we see it in the workplace. We see it in our friend groups. We see it in relationships, all this sort of stuff where we try to present ourselves in the best light. And I think with social media, it like multi- multiplies that, um, pre- that, that um, feeling and that need um, to be represented in the most like well-packaged way. Um, and it can be like, some people love it. Like, (laughs) I think maybe some people love it. I don't. Um, (laughs) and I really struggle with it. And I think maybe we're a bit similar in that where we're both like, no, (laughs) I don't want to hear these thrills. (laughs) Well, it's funny. Even the other day I was like sitting, I told myself what I would do instead of using the app to take video, I would if I ever yeah. wanted to post something, it would come from a video that I already taken. So that yeah. allows me to be in the moment, at least when I was in that moment of the video. So yeah. the other day I was reading a book, I was outside on my break and you know, the, the light kind of just fell through the, the leaves of the tree above me in a really beautiful way and kind of created these shadows on my pages of my book. And you know, I wanted to post that because it was something that felt so serene and beautiful to me. And then I was like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, you've just, <laughs> you've just left the room. You've left the moment, <laughs> you know, because I would yeah. be, my mind became about, okay, well, how would I post this? What should I write to post it? Like, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, it's going, it's just going in the, the library. And then the day will come, the moment will come where that photo, that video, that moment might be a great reflection to share. But I, I think for me, and I'll say because of my my own past and the things that I've, I've used in order to find value, which I also realized didn't have, it was like building a house on sand. You know, I built, I built my value on that, that lot of sand, thinking that I, it was firm and a stable foundation. And then one day, it's, it was so easy to be taken away from me. And then I didn't know who I was, you know? So for me, it's important 
to connect to the moments and create intentionality um, as best as I can. I can't do that always. Sometimes I'm a fucking fraud. I'm a fucking fake. I'm a poser, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to just fake it to make it, you know, bitch, like, you know, yeah. sometimes that's And I think it it's is. hard. I think it's hard because now, um, and, and I think, I think it's hard because we can be a bit harder on ourselves with that, but we're also in a time where it's like really hard to be just human. You know what I mean? Like mm, mm. previously it was super easy to get an education. Previously it was super easy to just do the things you love. And now you have to like become somewhat, you have to have some form of notoriety for people to, to acknowledge that you deserve the, whatever platform you have to speak or do or whatever you, whatever you want. And that, and that can be draining. Cause it's like, some people just want to be able to do what they want to do. Um, and that be it not so much build a, but, and I guess it's the way that marketing has, has, um, has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much people buy into personas now. And yeah. so it's hard to just be you. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when people have been like kind of, um, trained to like, these are the cool personas. These are the not cool personas. Blah, blah, blah. I probably am not a cool persona at all. <laughs> and I'm totally cool with that. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's just not easy to just be able to do the things you love nowadays. And especially if you want to do something where you're using your voice and you want to reach people, you have to, and it's not that you have to, but you can feel the need that you have to adjust yourself. Yeah. Well, see, that's the part. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. In a way that's like more attractive or whatever. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's where I'm at right now. You know, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm not like a settled identity. I don't, you know, I, I love this quote, um, in Octavia Butler's, uh, parable of the sower. And it, she says, uh, all that you touch, you change, all that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. And that's like, that moves through me all the time. You know, like the only truth I have is that I, from moment to moment, I'm not the same. I'm not doing the same. I'm not thinking the same. I'm not sharing the same. You know, I'm, I'm not in the same moment. And if I can see that moment, if I can allow that to be the reality that every moment is this godly whisper, you know, this, this echoing of something so, um, so much bigger than just me. You know, I become very small and my importance in the world and my need to feel importance becomes very small because it just it's just me being, you know, it's not me creating an identity or creating a need to be seen, um, even though a lot of my history, and my uh, um, my story is wrapped up in not being seen, you know, not being enough. I still like to believe it's possible for me to just choose a more spacious 
way to be in the world. And it's funny because I, when I was living in New Zealand, I had a friend who I was on the phone with and, you know, I think I was in my head about impact or like in my head about, you know, doing something valuable in life and, and meaningful. And she told me, what if you're, what if one person could be enough, right? What if one yeah. person could be enough? And I say that because if I can, if I can have an authentic moment with one person, if I could choose this spaciousness with one person, this trust or connection with one person, you know, like <laughs> that could be enough. That could be a good life. That could be an authentic yeah. life, you know, because it's just happening, just happening, just happening, you know. I'm not trying to well, write we it. All we got. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You know, but I'm not trying to write the fucking story before it even happens. Yeah. I'm just letting it unfold. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's where my mind wanders when I think of, of you know, creating authentic moments and, and really just trying to be my fucking self in the world, you know? And if I'm the only one who, who fucks with that, then, you know, it's what it is. Mm. I ride for myself, you know? Hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, no, it's so important. And I think for me, I'm the same of like feeling not seen. And I think that's been like a resounding sort of um, phrase that's been in my life. And so then to be put in a space where I guess you can, you have more visibility, but am I, is the visibility on me, like my authentic self, or is it, or, or am I putting visibility on like what I think is like nice things to show, you know? And mm -hmm. I've tried to be really like, really um, just open and honest because I think that's just, a bit my like nature of just being like, this is, this is what it is, you know, like it's not all like roses and, and stuff. It, like life can really be amazing and it can be really crap, <laughs> like mm, you know, and that's life. And that's it the sure beauty can. of life is that you have moments where you have really good life lessons. Um, and usually that is in the times where you feel the most like, um, pulled as a human being, you know, you feel mm -hmm. really stretched as a human being. Um, and it's not comfortable to be mm -hmm. in those, in those positions, but, um, it's a beautiful place to be because it gives you space to, to find more, find out more about yourself and to find out more who you are, who you authentically are, you know? Right. Um, if you choose to see that, you know. Yeah. Um, One moment. This cat, she on a mission tonight. <laughs> <laughs> she arcing. <laughs> yeah. Ah, and returned. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny, I think 
I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in identities too, you know, um, I'll speak for myself, you know, sometimes I, I remember working when I lived in New York, I, um, managed a cafe and I remember when I first started managing, I was a pretty shit manager. Like I was rude. I thought I was right. Um, I thought to be someone in a position of authority meant to basically oppress people's voices, right? To mm. to be the loudest voice in the room. And um, I remember one day, um, one of the line cooks, he had told me, he was like, you know, I wish you would say as many good things as you criticize us, you know? Oh. He <laughs> Yo, he checked my ass. He straight up checked me and I stood on that shit. I stood on that shit for, for weeks and years. Yo, I carry that shit with me still. And I think about it because it's like, that literally was the thing I, I obviously needed to hear to notice mm-hmm. the person I was being for others, you know, yeah. notice the imprint I was leaving on other people. And that was one of just like not seeing them. Um, Mm. you know, and I carried the identity though. It was the identity of being in charge that made me also not made me, but it fueled this idea that I had to be something, you know, um, because I had never seen a healthy workplace. I'd never seen a workplace where people were treated kindly or talked to in a very, um, uh, multi-directional way, you know, like there were multiple communication lines, um, not just, you know, someone talking down at you. Um, yeah. And I so, think that can be hard to mm-hmm. find what often authenticity is in that when you don't have a model of it. Mm, real talk. Real talk. But that, and that can be applied to so many things. Yeah. But that's the case. that You're making the case for why it's important that we all make this kind of attempt, right? Or not, I'm not here to tell anybody what the fuck to do, but it's important in my life for me to make the effort, the attempt to just be myself because I need to train the people in my life. I need to train, you know, um, just like I've been conditioned to do anything else as a human being. It's like, I need to condition the people in my life and the people who get to know me to see that I am a, this is what a human looks like through me. Like I am going to say strange things. I'm going to make weird noises. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes my boyfriend looks at me, he's just like, what? And I'm like, bruh, oh you signed up for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like your problem, not oh mine, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's the reality is like yeah. you need to see what a person looks like when they're ashamed. You need to hear what a person looks yeah. like when they're fearful and, and it's okay to allow that person to be soft in front of you and for you not to like run for the heels because you know, you're like, Oh, feelings, emotions. <laughs> like, <it's okay. laughs> yeah. You don't got to dodge that shit, you know? Yeah. And I, I think as well, like there's also an aspect of authenticity where some parts of ourselves were more comfortable being authentic in. You know, like for me, I'm, there are, I have, I have a few things that I'm really comfortable being authentic in. I'm be I'm comfortable being authentic and not 
caring so much what people think about me. Like, and I will like champion that. But also, I'm not as comfortable being authentic in like when I'm feeling sensitive or soft Mm -hmm. um, because that is not as easy because the softness and the sensitive side of me is is the side that can be vulnerable to being hurt by people. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, while I champion certain parts of my authentic self, sometimes I quiet other parts of my authentic self because out of fear and, and out of lack of understanding of them and taking time to sit with those different aspects of myself and get comfortable with them and, and like really celebrate them. Cause I think it is uh, what I've been like really working on over time is that it's actually really beautiful to be like soft and to be sensitive Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it can reflect in the way that you treat other people. You know what I mean? Like if you can celebrate that aspect of yourself, um, the soft sensitive, and you can sit more authentically in that space, mm-hmm. then other people receive that. You know what I mean? They receive the fullness of who you are. Yeah. The more you yeah. accept these different, these different, um, sections of your humanity. It's definitely sections of your humanity. I think you have different, different sections that some people don't realize these sections. Some people know them and (laughs) behind them. Um, and some people celebrate them like, and, and actually people can do all of that at the same time. Mm. Um, but it's definitely, I think it's definitely hard work to be authentic, um, because over, like over time, we're just taught that some, some aspects of ourselves aren't as like, um, what's the word, uh, attractive or or like there's just you can go through things in life where um you feel like the these parts of myself are not accepted in society yeah and you know what i think uh it's funny it's not funny but a friend of mine echoed a very similar sentiment the other day and you know we were talking about issues of safety like safety is a real concern for a lot of people like to express self fully in front of certain demographics or in front of certain identities sometimes can be an issue of safety. And so, you know, sometimes that means you turn down the volume, right? Or sometimes, like you said, you just kind of tuck that shit low and you do that enough. And it's like, you don't know what's there anymore. You know? Yeah. You do it enough and we're kind of grasping at straws to figure out where we truly like reside, you know, or is there, even in us that we can pull from, you know, that's still intact. Um, so I, can, I I totally understand that, you know, not all places are safe places. Not all people are yeah. safe people, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I still. It's freaking mm-hmm. life. It's hard. Can be. 
at least mine can be hard, you know. Um, mm. I do this thing in bed when I get up. Most mornings, some mornings I just forget because I've already started the panic. You know, the panic of, <laughs> I gotta go, I gotta be somewhere. I gotta be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You know, sometimes I literally wake up in like one piece and I'm like, go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wake up like a sloth. <laughs> but but that's that's my business. <laughs> like, yeah. I, just, I just slowly. I, yeah. I I feel like I wake up like I'm in a fairy tale, like I can take my time or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, but on on the most thoughtful mornings, I can wake up and take literally maybe twenty seconds before I do any movement, and I just think to myself, like, okay, you are here, like you're this is space and time for you. Like, like how, how, how joyful that I get a morning, you know, I get a morning, I get a morning. And with that, I can create anything, you know? And then like 30 seconds later, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, people, Ugh, things, Ugh, work. <laughs> but, but it's something that can can have an impact some mornings. Some mornings I do it and, you know, it gives me the energy to then meditate. And then it gives me the energy to then yeah. make coffee. And then, you know, kiss my boyfriend and pet my cat and then leave my apartment. So, yeah. um, you know, I do I think, think that has to do with mindfulness as well. Yeah. And that's like, well, what is that? Right. Like, you know. I think, again, we commodify everything. Like, what is that? Like, what is it? What is mindfulness? What does it look like? What does it feel like? You know, I think uh, it's been marketed in this way that it shows up in a certain light, shows up in a certain way. Um, And I think, I just think that's just like, that's how you uh, separate people from access, right? You don't give everybody Mm -hmm. the key. You know, and the truth is, like, mindfulness is anything you can put your attention to. Like, anything. Anything. Yeah. So, it's way more spacious than we make it, I think. Or than I, even I make it sometimes, you know. Yeah. Way more spacious than that. But. Yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, in authenticity, how do you think it, you show up as authentic as your authentic self what do you do to show up as your authentic self i don't know it's it's because it's not an act it just it's, yeah. a, it's a moment-to-moment thing baby sometimes yeah i'm hugging strangers not really since uh covid but back <laughs> yeah. in the day i loved hugging strangers you know sometimes the best strain the best hugs i ever got in like just from a stranger you know or it, sharing felt different you know I would be at Whole Foods and a customer would come in and you know at so many people I've just witnessed the edges of so many people's pain you know Mm -hmm. that over time I think it just makes me very sensitive to wanting to be spacious enough to receive and hold hold something for them so even at Whole Foods you know someone would walk in with tears in their eyes and they would just start to talk or they would look for something and they would just look like I'm just so tired or and then they would just start unraveling in front of me and what felt authentic in moments was to just say it's 
you can be as you need to be right now. Yeah. Or, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, like all kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? I, we went camping over the weekend and uh, I just was like, I told myself, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm not going to feel any pressure because <laughs> we were in a small group, right? A very small group. And I was like, mm. I'm not going to feel any fucking pressure to do anything with a group. Yeah. Nothing. Because something happens when you're with a group of people. You know, it's like there's a pressure you to feel obligated. Yeah. You know, to move in the same line. And and I just took, oh, man, I took so many like detours and it was lovely. I was laying in the hammock. I was reading my book. And then all of a sudden I just got this wave of sleepiness. And I was like, bitch, I'm about to knock out. I knocked out for <laughs> They didn't hear from me for a minute, for a minute. Yeah. And, you know, and then there was part of me that was like, oh, go join the group. And I was like, nah, sleep, bitch. You're tired. <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, and it was Mm. it was just what it was, and so I I took these moments that felt like, yeah, they're not a big deal, but I chose myself, and that's what it looks like. Maybe it looks like me just choosing myself over and over and over again. You know. Yeah. Yeah, What about you? What does it it look like? Oh, I think authenticity for me is similar to to the choosing yourself. I think. Uh, it's been a process for me because mm-hmm. I can be prone to people pleasing. Um, and when you are prone to people pleasing, you're not always authentically yourself because most of the time you don't want to do any of the stuff that you're doing <laughs> or people. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be doing any of this. Um, so I'm having to work through um, mm. showing up for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more I'm doing that, the more I'm reconnecting with like my inner self and like understanding that person, um, and not being like uncomfortable with like, for example, I, I am very much a sporadic human being and I love that about myself. Like, I love that I, um, is it sporadic? I don't know what the word, I might be saying the complete wrong word. Um, but I have a very like short attention span. Um, and it's a great thing because I just like get so beautifully distracted by things. Mm-hmm. And I say beautifully distracted because I know who I'm talking to. And <laughs> I know you're just like, no, not distracted, beautifully distracted. Enjoy that, Nicole. Um, because I'll be walking down the road and if Mm. I see something that ignites like joy in me, I Mm. have to stop. Hello. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I have been like, and when you, it's hard because I like, if you're hanging out with someone else and I've been with a few like, like friends and whatnot that I hang out with them, um, or just acquaintances and they're just like, you can kind of see in their face. They're just like, are you stopping again? Yes, I'm stopping again. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me. Like, this is, and I don't want to feel uncomfortable in myself because I like to stop and smell the roses. Like, I have one life. I'm going to enjoy seeing a dog on the side of the road and literally sitting there for like 10 minutes and petting a dog. Like, if that's something, like, of course, I try to be mindful of like if I'm spending 20 minutes or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
you know, it's just the little thing, doing the little things for myself that remind me of like baby Nicole. Like mm -hmm. when you said the thing about just hugging people at the store, that was literally me as a child. My mom <laughs> had to like pull me away from like doing that sort of stuff because I would just hug strangers as a child, which is not a very safe thing to do. But I have just like, I just always wanted to hug people. Um, and say hi to people. And I'm just a grown up version of that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think being authentic is just essentially being a grown up version of, of, um, <laughs> baby Nicole, um, believing in myself. Like when I was younger, I think I talked to you about this when I was younger, I swear I could fly. I mm -hmm. you can tell me anything. I was mm. like, I could fly, like, and and I know I can. I would have dreams that I could fly, and I would jump off my bunk bed like all the time, and just fall flat on my face. You couldn't tell me anything. Uh, I would jump off my jungle gym in my backyard, um, and that has been something that has stuck with me my whole life. You know, that's authentic about myself. I have this radical belief in myself that I can achieve anything I set my mind to. But I think when you go through things where you go through situations where um, either people or like hardships cause you to doubt that you kind of lose that sense of self. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, to be more authentically myself, I kind of just remind myself of who I, like my inner self, like little baby Nicole, Mm -hmm. and what she was like and try to get as close back to that person um and see if the things that I'm the things that I'm doing align with that person it's hard though and i think as well it's the more i do things for myself the more i make space for myself um the more i take care of myself the more I value my authenticity as well. I hear that. You know, because if I lose track of like doing things for myself, making space for myself, all this sort of stuff that kind of gives me space to breathe and feel like I don't need to do all these extra things in life. Yeah. It's just authenticity can really like go haywire um, if I'm not mindful of that. So I'm still, I don't think like, like you said, authenticity is not like an, an action or something. You just, it just is, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. hard to put a, your finger on it. Um, you I just mean, know you, you when know it when is. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'll yeah. I know when it's not happening. Yeah. I know when I'm full of shit and I, I can hear myself. Yes. Like, yeah. You I'm like, yes, I'll do all this stuff for you. Yes, I'll just, I'll throw myself a, a, over the puddle so you can cross and not get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. That, like, I know I'm not authentically being myself if I'm, like, starting to do that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I know that is, that, that part of me isn't so much, it isn't so much that I'm not being myself. It's, that sort of stuff is the authenticity of my pain Ooh, that's there you go mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah like 
that's an often that's the authenticity of my trauma that that is how I interact with people um, when I'm not mindful of healing myself. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. this version of Nicole that before a lot of the pain and all this sort of stuff that is the inner part of myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's different different phases of Nicole. Like we have different like up, upgrade or maybe downgrades <laughs> of Nicole. Um, but it's, it's just being able to see whether it, what, whether or not in that moment in life, did I go into an upgrade of myself or a downgrade? And if I went to a downgrade, kind of just like being like, okay, like, let me just pull back up here. (laughs) You know, what do I need? What do I need to get back to a place of, of of safety for myself, you know, so I don't feel like I have to undermine you know, my growth, you know, yeah. or, or lean on old shit, right? Like old ways of being mm. that, that may have served me on some level, but also just kind of undercut, you know, my voice or undercut the person that I um, really wanted to express myself as, you know, um, it's very easy for me to do that. It's very easy for me to slip and just be, you know, subservient to something or, uh, you know, because someone in a position of power has spoken. And lately I've gotten a little mouthy, you know, I've gotten a little like mm, questionable, you know, and, yeah. and I think it's healthy, but um, also just like, just like you said, just uh, it's an awareness, right? You know, and, and what's funny is um, sometimes, I don't know, and I've asked this question, but like in the su- support spaces that, um I often find myself uh, facilitating or working in um, this question happens. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do I do? And when people ask me that, I'm usually like, "Mm, what do you think you should do? (laughs) Like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, and, and there's this thing, and I've asked that before, you know, like, what do I do? Like, how do I fix this? You know? And I think that's that's kind of the thing. It's like you, I speak for myself again. It's a, a meandering, you know. It's allowing myself to to just have the pain be there when it's there, and not numb it away, um, so that I can become aware of where I am in time, yeah. aware of what I'm in, you know. Yeah. Um, and from there, literally, awareness. Just getting to awareness is the thing for me that shifts everything. The moment I notice something that I maybe didn't notice before, I've already changed the game. I've already laid a new path. Yeah. And it's it's hard to see that, but because the awareness is there, it's like, hey, this is new. We heard something new today. We did something new today. Like, what was that? What was <laughs> yeah. that? You know, I'm changed. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. God has changed. Like, it's the only lasting truth that I I I can know for sure, you know, is that I'm going to be changing. And I like that. I like that. Cause it, and, and think about it in, in relation to other people. I think about some of my past relationships and I think something that I expected people to be the same, you know, and mm-hmm. I expected them to just 
the way I met them was how was not how I left them. They were different people. And I never saw or never acknowledged that I needed to make room for the people they were becoming. And the the humanity in them. Mm -hmm. Because I think we missed aspects of people's humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we see people's humanity and we only see the good bits of like Mm -hmm. the idea of humanity and our understanding of humanity. But it's just, yeah. Or the idea of a person, right? That, yeah. you know, my, we were talking about this the other day about parents, you know, just yeah, allowing the reality of their humanness to be visible yeah. and present and not just their role yeah. as parent, um, which is tough. Yeah. It's not always easy. But, but I think that's authenticity, right? That's like dipping the toe in. It's like allowing the awareness to be there so that we can show up as the people we want to be in the moment and express our reality, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a hard thing with, um, I think while we work through our own authenticity, just the mindfulness of other people's authenticity is definitely like, that's the next like <laughs> the next step is going like oh yeah I'm being authentic I'm being la 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 and then like it's easy to get in in this sort of like I'm doing it I'm doing it and then mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. apply that to other people it don't always feel the same <laughs> because you're like mm-hmm. but what about this about them and what about that about them and this isn't agreeable you know, but like, they're just humans figuring out their own stuff. And they may or may not be showing up as their authentic selves, but that's not on me to sort out. Right. And, but think about that, like how often in real time, do we really allow that? Right. Do, you know, uh, like for real, like, you know, how, how often do we try to, do we just accept people, you know, or are there things yeah. that we're always trying to fix things that we're trying to get them to yeah. do because it aligns or with- ideas of what we think of. I think it can also be, um, idea of who we think they should be. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for or sure. we've created a, recreated an ideal. Sometimes you can also create an ideal person and then put that onto someone else to uphold. Oh, baby. That was like most of my adult <laughs> life. <laughs> what? You know, you know, like that yeah. was with, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, I think that's why I love my partner, the, the, the man that I'm with. Um, because like, yo, he's like the coolest fucking thing. Like, don't get me wrong. He's got his like, is we all have our things, you know, but there's something yeah. about his his open acceptance of who I am, right? Yeah. I got lint in my afro or, you know, <laughs> I've just like farted or like, you know, I can't yeah. cook as well as him or, or even just that like, you know, I take my space and he takes his space or, you know, we had this whole thing. Uh, I'd gotten jealous of someone and I had to to tell him that I was jealous 
because I was like, <laughs> but you can't sit on this one. You can't sit on this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, having that conversation with him was interesting because to him, it's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not asking you to believe in your reality. I'm asking you just yeah. to see my reality for a moment. And yeah. I don't have to agree with it, but just acknowledging that someone felt something different than you in the same moment of time that we were witnessing, mm. you know, a moment like I was somewhere else and that's okay. That's okay. I just need you to hear it so that I don't carry mm. it. Um, yeah. And it, it's, and I feel very just accepted by him. You know, I, I love that. I am so grateful for that because I haven't had that in many instances and I haven't been that for many people. Yeah. I have a very judgmental mind. Um, yeah. And I've employed that as a weapon in my past yeah. relationships, you know? Yeah. What do you do if you have these sort of things where you're just like, I need to communicate where I'm at. So this person knows who essentially they're dealing with in this moment. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Cause she did than she was a minute ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can change in a second, you know, with yeah. it, depending on like the environment you're in. Yeah. So then, how do you communicate that, and how do you process it within yourself when you feel as though the other person isn't making space for that, or you don't feel safe to express that? Hmm. What do you do? Because well, I think a lot of people are in that, a lot of people can be in that situation yeah. and that actually steers people away from feeling safe to be their authentic self. Yeah. So there was a few questions in there, right? And I think one of them, <laughs> I'm like, okay, which one do I have first? Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, how, how do I know for myself, right? Sometimes what I notice is, or I, a mantra that I have is like, Brianna, tell the truth. Right. Yeah. Speak the truth as it is. Don't. Yeah. And I, I do it to myself first. I'm like, Brianna, tell yourself the truth. And I might mm. write it or I might sometimes I just take voice memos and I just speak the truth. I say the things that yeah. I imagine I that are really there, that no matter what it sounds like, I just speak it. And I do that with myself first, just so I can hear what I feel is there. Right. And then. Um, like with my boyfriend, I told him, I was like, I think at least I recall the moment like this is like, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to respond or have a rebuttal. I'm not blaming you. Like, I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm telling you for me what happened in that moment. And that's it. And you can't argue with, you can argue with my reality if you choose, but ultimately it doesn't matter because I'm in the world experiencing my life, not you, you know, mm. if I don't feel like in past relationships where people weren't safe spaces for me, I have become adept at building a community of people wherever I am in the world that can hold space for me, Yeah, you know? So I usually hit up a friend and I'm like, yo, and I'm very clear about what I need. I'm very clear. I say, I need a moment to just release some things do you have space? And that person has a moment to, they have time to decline or accept or create or not create. And there's no love loss. I do that until the space is found. 
And once I have that mm. space, I put it where it feels right to go. It doesn't always happen so effort, effortlessly, you know. It, sometimes it, it's something that works itself out over a couple of days, you know, a few days. But usually, at least at this point in my life, this iteration of me, um, <laughs> you know, I can get to my truth pretty quickly. Um, yeah. You know, what about you? I think I'm still in the process of finding finding like safety in in expressing my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it for me, a lot of my trauma is around um, the fear of expressing my truth because the repercussions that I might face from from the people that I need to communicate with. And that's from like baby Nicole and whatever, and like adult Nicole, you know? Um, So it is a like regular struggle for me to feel safe communicating. Like, this is my truth. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. This is, this is the, these are the things that I care of. Like, it's, I think it can be easy for me to express some of the things that I care about, but like, these are the things that hurt me. And these are, especially if you are communicating that with people that have hurt you. Um, I think with my sort of traumas and the way that they outwork themselves is, and it's weird because it's not been just like one It's not just like one set experience. It's been like multiple experiences with Mm -hmm. multiple people where, um, where there was a threat, um, to myself or they would threaten with like, like they would, they would how do you explain this? They would threaten um, in different ways. And it it might not be something that that was fully apparent to them because people are people and whatever. But um, what it trained my mind to think is that if if, if I try to express my truth and how I'm feeling and express my feelings, that I will be um, there will be like, what's the word? Maybe retribution, not retribution. There will be a retaliation. Mm. Um, and I'll receive, I, I don't know how to, how to explain this. I'll just be on, I'll just, um, I just won't be able to fully express how I, uh, how I'm feeling or my truth without there being like some sort of consequences, you know? And that's a, that's a very overwhelming, that can be a very overwhelming experience because you can feel like you're just sitting inside of yourself screaming because you're feeling all of this stuff and you're, the truth inside you is like boiling, Mm. you know? Mm-hmm. and your whole body feels it but when you don't feel safe expressing it it's just like 
it can literally feel like your like body just wants to break open, you know? It's like um, a volcano. Like it's that pressure. And I think even when I was younger, like I would, I couldn't, I, it's weird because I've, I've definitely done a bit of healing to the point where I can actually communicate um, just even with friends. Like when I was younger, I couldn't even have conversations, like even explaining myself or anything because I had to suppress so much truth within myself and all of that a lot of that truth was like hard pain and like a lot of trauma i had to suppress so much of that within myself that i couldn't actually get out words when people would ask me if like what was wrong if i was upset and i would just start crying and i would just feel like my my um my throat was just like tightening like that like it was just crazy my throat was just like tightening in on me and everything was closing in on me. So now I'm just like trying to get to a point where I feel safe to communicate my truth and also be in like, have people around me that encourage that and be mindful when I'm, when I'm, when I'm not in a space where I'm encouraged to, to, to um, speak my truth. and decide what I want to do with that, you know, because that's a process that is so hard. Um, and because that's a trained, that's a trained trauma. It's so hard to get out of that. Cause my brain has literally been trained that like, Oh, if we don't feel safe, we cannot communicate our truth. Um, and until you get in a space where you can heal or you have space, um, within within yourself to where you can you can sit back and be like, okay I'm gonna work through this stuff because it's really if I don't I'm no one's really gonna know who I am and I'm not gonna know who I am anymore because I've been suppressing my truth for so much for so long that I I can't even recognize myself mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I've had this like I guess in the last little while, like this good, um, kind of explosion of truth, like, which has been really nice. And it's been with just like friends and whatnot. And it's just, it's really healing. Cause it's actually really like, it's really a difficult thing to sit with. Like when you are going through pulling out a lot of your truth and like working through the, this, this part of your, it's, 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 it's work. um yeah I kind of went on a tangent but no I mean but but I think that's amazing that you're you know you're just traversing this particular uh path right now you know just exploring just how much of yourself you can be even in your pain you know yeah and then also yeah. sussing out the spots where motherfuckers ain't safe. It's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. I thought you were a safe spot. Nah, you're not. So yeah, check. got it, got it, got it. And I think discernment, discernment is huge. It's like being able to see and say, this is where I need to draw the line for myself, you know? And something yeah. that um, I thought about earlier was language. So language for me... Um, 
is a really important thing for me. Mm. Acknowledgement of the words that I use to describe my experiences, acknowledgement or awareness around the language I'm investing in, you know, uh, speaking about, um, I mean, that's, that's the formative years of my life. We're all about language, all about language and observation. As a child, that's all you do is you listen and you watch because we don't actually have the skill or experience to actually put action forth with knowing the consequences or knowing, you know, if I touch this stove, I'm going to get burned. Like there's the moment it happens, you learn, right? So I think it's interesting to explore language, you know, and that's really hard for people because people are wrapped up in their identities. It's true. Like we like to be certain people. We like to be strong. We like to be the person who's in control. We like to be, you know, the the entrepreneur, the boss bitch. Like we like to be all these things. And all those words have, they have tone. They have history mm-hmm. laden in each of them for us, for me. You know, so when I became a, a boss or a supervisor, that already had a whole bunch of meaning for me. You know, mm. and it took me some understanding and some for people to check me and be like, yo, you're a horrible person as a boss. Yeah. You know, that I had to see that that identity wasn't working because I had latched on to the language the around the identity, the ideas around the identity. And so I, I say that because even as we talk, it's like, you know, what are the words that you're using to be in your experience, not you, but us as a, as a society, like mm, what are the words that yeah. we're using? Right. And we keep going back to them because there's comfort in some of these words. There's comfort in some of these narratives, Yeah, you know, because they define. And also sometimes you haven't learned new words to redefine the narrative. You go. Yeah. yeah real talk, you know, but for myself, I do know. And I notice that when I repeat the things, Right. I'm in the yeah. things. I stay in the things. When I repeat them, I'm in them. And sometimes I'm literally like with certain space holders in my life and I'm like, I'm not even going to share that because the truth is I'm not there anymore. And to share it yeah. means that I'm going to go back. To, yeah. share it, to share it means that I'm, I'm trying to have something to say. And I even notice that sometimes just to have something to say or add to a conversation, I, I tell a story that I'm so clear of, you know, like it still yeah. bothers me. Like it's, and I know it doesn't bother yeah. me. I know that I'm not there anymore, but I still offer it yeah. because I, you know, I'm trying to assimilate and fit in. And, yeah. and it's just, I can only do that so much before, again, I shape shift into something that gets further away from me. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I, mean? I think that can be hard as well, like figuring out that, um, that repet- repetition of like a hurt or an experience that was like, that you didn't, I, I find myself, if I go through something, I need to be conscious of not having repetition and just communicating that with so many people once I've like worked through it. Right. But I think that's also can sometimes be a signal of something that you haven't worked through in it Real time. Um, because your brain won't let it go, you know, 
And it's maybe not so much something within that, but it's something within your, your, I guess yourself or your like fears or whatever. Um, and this can be anyone um, where it's a fear of letting that go. Um, mm. But also the lap, uh, it might also be sometimes where I can find myself not realizing that that's actually the, a beautiful thing to be able to let something go. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you feel like you have to hold on it onto it because if I let go of it, it, it does that mean that it wasn't real? And then does that mean that I wasn't hurt? You know what I mean? Or, or, if or it's so easy for me to let go. Anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'm releasing like, this hurt. I'm, no, go yeah. ahead, please. I, yeah, <laughs> um, if I release this hurt and release mm. this pain, am I, uh, yeah. Does that mean that I, that, that my hurt didn't matter? Mm. You know see, what I mean? And that, that can that be is, hard as well. That can be hard. I'll speak for myself in saying that, like, I don't know that that question matters that much to me, you know, because, yeah. because like, it means that the identity of that pain is what I want to hold on to. Yeah. And and I used to understand, you know, that there was a sense, and I'm going to speak for myself, there are certain payoffs for me being those people. There are certain payoffs for me being the boss bitch, you know? Yeah. Um, a sense of control and power over others. Mm. You know, there there are certain benefits, payoffs, like I said, to, to some of these things, Um even being wounded and hurt, you know, and, and I realized that when I would share a story that I was no longer in, I wanted people to acknowledge something about me. And I'm like, yeah, and I would tell myself, bitch, but like, who needs it more you or them? Like, yeah, you need, do you need your own acknowledgement or do you need yeah. this? Like, what is this for? And, and that's literally a question I ask myself is who is this for? When I'm at my most conscious and aware I can tap into that before I speak, before I share, before I ask questions. And it's like, who is this for? If it's because I want something to happen a certain way, how is that really, that's control for me. That's me trying to control the narrative, control the situation. Or am I trying to make space for, for both of us to exist? Right. And I think that's where I'm at. At least, like I said, right now, it's exploring this space of just complete fullness with language, with awareness, with showing people that softness you were talking about earlier, with really trying to love myself, like I said, in public so that other people understand how to love me too. You know, and if you don't have space to love me, again, that discernment kicks in and I'm like, cool, 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 moving the fuck on. Because at this point, I need a life that I can live. I need a life that allows me the richness of being here, mm-hmm. you know, and and it means working through my shit, you know, and I understand not everyone has access to things to help them work through shit. I was very privileged in the sense that I'm in a first world country, access to mental health uh, therapy through my job. A lot of people don't have that accessibility, you know, so they go around And even before I had all those things, I didn't have access to it. And so I didn't even know all the things that were playing. I didn't know all the narratives, all the hurt that funneled through me. 
you know, and a lot of that just got projected onto other people because yeah. I'd never known safe places to put it. And the people who loved me and were in my life also never knew safe places to be, to put their, yeah. their real selves forward, you know? Mm. And, and that's a real, I think that's a crisis in the world is that like, we, we don't take, uh, these wounds seriously. We don't take the importance yeah. of, of healing into consideration. You know, we tell people to man up or, you know, boss up or, you know, um, you're being too emo or like, like calm down, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's so bothersome to me um, that it doesn't matter to systems. It doesn't matter to yeah. governments. It doesn't matter to communities and culture. You know, it matters if yeah. you can put it on Instagram and cry on cue, like, or share your pain yeah. in this very, like, you know, predatory kind of way. Um, yeah. Or exploitive way, you know. Um, but it the 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 real like tenderness that we're all seeking, you know, that's the shit that matters. And, yeah. and, and we're, we're just, we're all like hungry children, you know, we're just hungry little yeah. children looking for love, looking for those soft, tender spots and those soft and tender spaces with people so that we can just be held, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think we can also have a fear of acknowledging that hungry child because I think a lot of people perceive that as weakness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people see like, cause a lot, it can, it can also have, especially with myself, like that, that reminder of like that unprotected child, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to experience that on a regular basis. But when I, when I, when I unpack more and just sit with that, that child, that's just like hungry for love and affection and stuff like that, that's a human experience. And I think one of my things that I constantly say to people is like, you're, you, what you're experience is what you're experiencing is your humanity. It's not abnormal um, to feel <laughs> you know yes and I think people feel like people I think people think that these very human experiences are not normal and they're not some they're they're like separate to who they are but I'm like it's so much ingrained in who you are and if you don't allow yourself to bring that aspect of you back in like you're just gonna like end up with like a very like you're just gonna have a suffering existence because you're sitting so much outside of yourself because of fear of feeling that pain and feeling that person and sitting with that and having to acknowledge oh heck I was really hurt or oh heck like and also, if you don't acknowledge it, it can not only hurt you, it cannot hurt other people. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Because you're, 
that person, even though you kind of separate yourself from that person, that person is literally in here. So that person is freaking out internally. And it only it it's it trickle it it pours out in our how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people. You know? But until you kind of take take that person and give them a bit of love and see the humanity in that and see that it is it's very human experience. And I don't think there there is enough um conversations around human experience um, and normalizing human experience and normalizing human emotions and normalizing the different like mental health things as well that people deal with, you know, like it just, it makes people want to fragment themselves so that they can better cope. And that doesn't work. If it's not sustainable, it's not, it doesn't work. And you can never sustain like just little bits of yourself. You you, you can't right. sustain an existence that's l- just little fragments of yourself. Um, but how does one even uncover that? You know, and I that's that goes back to access. Like I've had yeah the, the privilege of therapy. I've had the privilege of a, a computer to have yeah. uh, to search for resources. You know, there that is not something that everyone has you know yeah. so what do they do right what 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 do those people do um you know what did i do nothing before i had access to all this stuff yeah. i had i did nothing i just stuffed it until it overflowed and just came out and yeah. punched me in the face and other people in the face you know so that's my thing it's like i think there has to be some transformation and this consideration towards communal healing towards not just yeah. healing the space that I'm in, but allowing that to ripple out and make space for other people, you know, mm-hmm. so that we're tending, we're all tending to this garden that will nourish us all, that will feed us all in the most healthy and loving ways. And I don't say that in this like utopian kind of fashion. I think this is fucking possible. You know, this is what I, I, I make an effort to do as often as possible. I'm not always able to because I be in my shit sometimes. But when I'm clear, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I'm clear and I'm spacious, yeah. it's about how do I heal beyond myself so that the world I'm creating with others is one of compassion, is one of, I see you. How can I be yeah. of service, you know? Um, and I, I think that matters. I think if we all could create that for one another a little bit more, that, again, like I said, that spaciousness, I just, it, we'd be in a very different place than we are now, you know, but, but I'm still hopeful, but just hopeful. Yeah. Well, what do you think are things that people that are listening can do throughout their week? to help them show up better as their authentic self? I um, practiced this with a friend the other day. Um, And, you know, you can call it meditation if you choose, but I requested that he and I just take five minutes to be bored, right? We Mm. just sit with, you know, no um, clear agenda, 
and just you can put a timer on um, with a very soft reminder, you know, so whatever the ringtone is or whatever that wakes you up from your five minutes is restful, but not jarring. And just take five minutes. And in that five minutes, you listen. You just listen. What do you hear? You know, what do you see? And when you see these things and you hear these things, you you may begin to hear the echoes of your thoughts. And, and could you, in the moment, notice the thoughts and just let them, like, like clouds, just come up and move around, come up and pass through, come up and float by? And if you can't, you can't. If you don't want to, you don't want to. That's all good. Whatever the five minutes of boredom presents to you, you just notice what you notice. And that's it. And, and that, for me granting myself even that. Sometimes I just do it right before work, even if I've already meditated for the day. Five minutes right before I go into work and I just shut everything off in the car and I'm sitting there and I'm just like with whatever's there. And there's something about this process. I can't tell you what it is exactly, but I think it has to do with almost like slowing time. It's Mm. this thing of stretching time that can happen. If you, if you allow your awareness to lead the way, you know, without as much judgment as we have, you know, but, but notice even if the words are there of judgment. And I say that that might feel hard for some people, you know, for others, it might be a a fun challenge, you know, but the key is just to do it the way it happens. And in that, I think there's a gift of noticing, a, a gift of awareness that we can be soft, we can be safe, we can be whole, we can allow ourselves to just be, and there's room for that. Um, and if that feels too heady or like not tangible, I think writing is a really useful space for me. And I usually do stream of conscious writing, stream of consciousness writing, and there's no editing, there's no sense to create a narrative or tell you my journal, my life. It's really whatever the fuck is in my brain. The cat just took a shit. It smells up the apartment. I want to cook bacon. Why are my edges looking crazy? You know, it's whatever comes to my mind, but it flows onto the page. Yeah. I don't, you ain't even got to read it. It's just about putting putting it somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I think I'll offer another thing. I got all kinds of things, y'all. Clarity in your <laughs> language, right? Yeah. Challenge people in your life by being clear about what you need from them, right? And then notice if they'll take that challenge. Notice if they'll be courageous enough to do as you ask. And that means, Mm -hmm. like, if you really feel full of rage or full of sadness, call someone and say, hey, I just need you to listen. I don't want your feelings or opinions. I love you, but I don't need that right now. I just need a space. And begin to tell people what you need. And tr- so that they learn how to be there for you. Because we all don't know. We all don't know how to be there for each other. And we're all learning to do that. Mm. Um, but I think there's something very special about being able to do that. Um, yeah. Do you have any ideas for things people can do to create that authenticity in their voice or in their relationships this week? 
communication. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty much the same, same, different word. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's very much like communicating what you need with other people and with yourself. It doesn't mm-hmm. always come easy. Um, but the more the more you practice it, the more you show up as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I also, for me to really like unpack my experiences, I, I, I take some time and I, and I take like mind, I guess, mindful time to reflect on, um, the great, the good things. Like I remember, um, a a week or so ago, I was with my, um, my friend Beth. Um, and we were just going on a walk and we just had like a, like a hard belly laugh because she was just like, she just did something that was very funny. And just, I had a moment to reflect, um, on that and how nice that was. And then having like a realization that I, I hadn't had that in a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. So then my mind did like a mental check of like, okay, like I need more of that in my life because Mm. that brings more of myself out. And then also in situations where, um, you have like disagreements with people or people hurt you and stuff. I, sometimes I take time to, to look at other aspects of it. Um, so I think we were talking about last week, we were talking about, um, the boundaries versus um punishing people and we'll talk about that in another podcast (laughs) we'll get there but i think i had an experience where i felt like i was being punished by someone um and i took a little bit of time to reflect on that within even the conversation that we had it was like oh heck i actually did that to someone else as well Mm um and kind of having like having that awareness of my my like my own bs sometimes that i can trick myself into being like i'm on the receiving end of it but i'm not doing that you know what i mean and it feels empowering to be like i'm on the receiving end of it how dare blah blah, blah. um but then you also have to sit with like when people hurt you are there things and it might not always be that night might not always be a thing, but like, do I do the same? Do, do other people experience the same from me? Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes when they do, it's a reflection of how I've been treated by other people is why people are experiencing that from me. Mm-hmm. So that's becoming closer and closer in with this person and being like, this throw this out. <laughs> See, that's um, <laughs> this idea, like, and this seems broader, but the idea that we can't dismat- dismantle uh, the house with the master's tools, right? We we can't use yeah. the the tools that we've learned that have been toxic and harmful yeah. to to build something healthy. We can't do that. Yeah. It's, not, it's not possible. Yeah. You know, so what do you do? You do something different. We do something different. I do something different. Um, Yeah. But that, that requires reading the soil that requires, requires understanding the, the, um, 
the things that were used to build the structure and lay the structure and all this sort of stuff to then know what not to use if it's mm -hmm. if it's not a safe like and it's not like a strong foundation and it's not a front a strong front strong um you need to know what what was supplied to build that mm -hmm. so that then you can say okay they used quicksand to lay the foundation cool not gonna do that <laughs> like, you know what i mean mm -hmm. they use mm -hmm. play-doh to make the bricks cool not gonna do that um what do i need to build a strong foundation what kind of soil do I need to make sure that it doesn't erode and sink? Um, what what sort of like, oh, what sort of electrical wiring do I need that will make sure that in 20 years this is still sustainable or something mm -hmm. like that? You know, um, it's a process and you have it to is. be willing to do the work because that's not easy. Um, and but not, if you're willing avoid to it. kind of, yeah, you can't avoid it. You cannot avoid yourself because it will all come full circle. Mm -hmm. It will come full circle in the way that you treat other people and the way that you treat yourself. And you will eventually get to the point where you can't like dismiss it anymore. And you either at that point actively choose to step over yourself while you're bleeding out or say, oh, hell. I'm bleeding out. I need to be rushed to the hospital. Like, and I need to do some, I need, I, I need some help, you know? Because mm -hmm. I think, and people sometimes have that full circle moment and that can be a breaking point if you actively choose to step over your own self. Mm -hmm. um, but I think with authenticity, um, doing those little things where you, where you just check in it's like yeah. little checks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just doing little by little, not, not, not taking on more than you can chew at a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember when I was a kid, I would go to a golden corral and my eyes were bigger than my stomach. And I was like, right, we eat like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I mean, all of this, I'm gonna have like two plates and I'm gonna have a Sunday with all the candy in it, like all the all the MMs. And then I also remember my Aunt Donna. <laughs> we would go to a movie. I don't feel like I can say this, but anyways, whatever. A golden corral come for me. Um, my Aunt Donna used to always also bring Tupperware to a golden corral. <laughs> <laughs> and we would plan to go to a movie. And we would pack some like um, some M and M's and stuff, and some Tupperware and some biscuits, and we would go to the movie and have a ball. Anyways, besides that. the point, <laughs> besides the point, I just had a moment where I remembered that, and that was hilarious. Um, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you make yourself happy. And bring like, the Tupperware, baby. Um, and if that's the Tupperware, it's the Tupperware. Just don't get caught. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember at Golden Corral, I would get all this stuff and then like 
And I don't know what my what my deal was. I think I just thought I would never see a meal again when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> and I would eat all of it. And but then I also had this guilt of like, if I don't eat all of it, like it's it's wasted and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I would over consume this food and then I would be sick. Right. And I would be feeling all this pain from trying to take take in too much. Um, and then it would just be, I would probably like vomit or whatever. Um, because I literally had so much in my gut that I couldn't process, but mm-hmm. that's life as well. It's just like, we, sometimes we see the big, the big pain and the big hurt. And we're just like, right. I'm going to take that whole like thing and digest it as, as opposed to taking off little bites and digesting little bites at a time and digesting because you're not meant to work through all of your stuff in one go. And I think that can sometimes be for me as well, a reason why I kind of in the past would steer away from dealing with certain things because I'm like, I can't, I can't do this all at once, but I wasn't meant to do, wasn't meant to sift through all of this at once. It's just Mm -hmm. like little by little, and eventually it'll be like little bite-sized portions and I'll get to, and there might be stuff that gets added on, like more stuff gets put on my plate, but just doing bite by bite. So my plate doesn't get overloaded or that I don't overconsume and then have this full period of where I'm just sick mm-hmm. from and like drained from trying to do too much Yeah, to work through my stuff. Um. But I think showing up as your authentic self is just bite by bite of working through your stuff. Yeah. You know, it's but never, it's you're never going to figure it. it all out at once. Exactly. Yeah. It's so worth it though. You know, my freest moments, yeah. I didn't have a single thought. I just was. Uh, technical difficulties, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, Bluetooth headphones failed me. Um, oh. So that didn't really work. We were just ending the podcast pretty much. Um, but yeah, I guess Bree's going to do a little bit of ASMR ending. <laughs> 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 it's so ASMR is crazy. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for hosting me, Nicole. I don't have, I just have my um, my laptop uh, mic, so it's not going to be any sort of ASMR. She's missing out on this experience. I can't even whisper though, so I don't think I would. I don't think people, <laughs> I don't know how to whisper, so I don't okay, think Try to whisper. Please try to whisper. I need to verify that you don't know how to whisper. I literally don't even know how to start. <laughs> like, Just try. I, my brain was like. <laughs> try, to, try to whisper, please. I got to hear it now. Come on. Try. <laughs> That's my whisper. I get in trouble because I don't know how to whisper. <laughs> Cause I, I think I'm whispering, but I literally sound exactly the same. And I'm like, man, this fool is wildin'. And people are like, they can hear you. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, no, they can't. Because I think I'm whispering and I'm not. It's so bad. It's embarrassing. It's a, but whatever. It's a, good, it's a good practice for you is whispering. I love to whisper. It's yeah. sometimes creepy, but also, it. I don't know. Like, just like I like to wink. Yeah. I like to wink at people. I can't. I have to. I have to like lift my whole upper lip to the top to the bottom of my nose to be able to wink. <laughs> um, but literally, when I try to whisper, people constantly remind me. Remember the five the five mile rule, or something. What is it? Five. What, what five you- mile radius rule or something? I don't know what it is. What does that mean? It's something like you. Actually, I have no idea. i don't know i don't know what it means maybe because i don't know how to whisper is why i don't know what it means (laughs) can y'all help her whisper if y'all see nicole in the streets just whisper yeah maybe don't do that because you might get punched in the face so (laughs) don't don't whisper especially if you like come behind me and whisper because I'm from America you're not gonna that's not gonna end well for you <laughs> well anyway I appreciate you making time and and you know um, being patient with uh, my technical abilities or lack thereof but just grateful to have you as a friend and to be able to have I mean this is just the shit we'd be talking about anyway so I'm happy to to be a part of it so thank you for inviting me and Brie is a beacon of love and light in my life and my, a lot of times my sounding board. Um, when I'm freaking out, I'm probably hitting up Brie. <laughs> like the other day, she sent me like a guided med- meditation voice memo because all this happened, I freak out. <laughs> and I was like, you need friends like this. <laughs> like, I can't. That's because I love you. That's it. Oh, it's you so know? great you are that for me and I'm that for you so yeah that's that's what it is you know but yeah I appreciate you I hope you all follow and listen to Nicole's podcast moving forward she's full of wisdom and she gonna have you cracking the fuck up so you know (laughs) share space with her you know uh yeah yeah and and Brie is very much an inflow and free person Uh, (laughs) 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 um Brie does I'm gonna let you explain what you do because I think also people that are listening like take some time and get to know the content that Brie is putting out because it's real healing and therapeutic so take it away I appreciate that thank you um so I uh run a organization called inflow and free and we work to create accessible avenues to meditation and yoga uh, as well as communal sharing so we right now since the pandemic well for the pandemic we started um doing everything online through zoom which has been pretty awesome um and every other Sunday we run a reflect and release communal call and that's a space where we invite people to show up we meet around a topic and we just explore together and those are some of my favorite moments of the week because there's just so much love so much spaciousness so much care in those calls but it's open to anyone and everyone if you're looking for uh an an access point 
to learning how to just sit with yourself with kindness. I think it's a really great tool to learn yoga or meditation, um, or even just like I said, five minutes of boredom. There's something really spacious about giving that to yourself. So um, that's what I do. Uh, I do it with uh, one of my best friends and I'm really grateful to have a community of people who want to explore with me. So, you know, let's be human together. That's how I feel. And where can people find you, Brie? Yes, uh, Info and Free on, on IG or at BR Fails. Me personally, if you want to see a bunch of cat photos and um, <laughs> some cat photo shoots. Um, no, uh, noise, noise, noise. Noise, noise. Uh, and noise, also noise. Uh, just uh, influencefree.com. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to put Bree's um, Instagram handle in the description of the podcast for today. Um, uh-huh. And I'll also um, put her, her um, Instagram handle in the Instagram post I do for this this episode. Um, so you can find her on those things because she's in them things and she got that wisdom. You I'm know, she about, about it. <laughs> I'm trying to be authentic. <laughs> Authentically myself. Um, yeah, and I really hope that people take away some little nuggets of gold from this episode. Um, how to be how to sit with your authentic self and really celebrate celebrate mm. yourself. Um, and also I would love to hear feedback. Um, and if there are any things that any topics that you would like me to, um, cover in episodes to come, please like, let me know. Um, you can, um, send me messages and at the revolving room, um, on Instagram, um, and just reach out to me that way. Yeah. It's been a great episode. I have loved having Bree. She is just my sister. Mm. I love you so much, Bree. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, wherever you're at and whatever day this comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, I'll see you guys next episode and we will have be having, or I will, I'm talking like we, like it's like a bunch of people with me (laughs) in my house with all my plants. Um, but I will be having Brie back to do some other episodes. She is definitely like a real source of a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I think, I think you guys would really appreciate some of the stuff, some of her thoughts and her ideas. So yeah, this has been the revolving room. Appreciate all of you guys that have been tuning in and I hope you have a good week. Be well, y'all. Bye. Mine. Mine. <laughs> <laughs>